Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 33. Today we'll look at the uh, intercessory prayer that happens with Abraham as he talks to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, the Lord, uh, as uh, they talk about Sodom. Now you have to understand one thing I didn't cover and I wanna make sure I cover this for you real quick. There's about 350,000 people in Sodom. And so as he's asking about if there's 50 righteous, 45 righteous, Think about that number, 350,000 people. We're only a handful, and it goes back to the time of Noah. So I entitled this out of Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 33. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Great piece of scripture. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. You have constant evil. You have demonic activity, you have sexual perversion, and that was what was happening in the time of Noah. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 7 through 9, this is why I don't get why pastors are are freaking out right now over stuff like that. It it drives me crazy. Ezekiel 33, verses 7 through 9. It says, Now as for you, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel. So you will hear a message from my mouth, and give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will certainly die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked about his way, that wicked person shall die for his wrongdoing, but I will require his blood from your hand. But if you are part warned a wicked person to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he will die for his wrongdoing, but you have saved your life. Shame on us for not telling somebody they're, not, they're walking in sin. There should be, it should be given in love. But, but don't hide the truth from them. That's the problem right now. We have churches that are embracing the things that go against God's Word. And then when somebody speaks up, and I'm just a little somebody, I'm talking about like Jack Hibbs. When somebody speaks up, you have pastors trying to squelch them. Hey, dude, you need to go back over there in the corner. Don't say another word. They're marching to hell. And you're not going to say something? You're not going to open your mouth the way that John the Baptist did, the way that Jesus did? 
continues in Second Peter, it says, If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having, them, having made an example of what is coming for the ungodly. If he rescued righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the perverted conduct of unscrupulous people, for by what he saw and heard that righteous man were, while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day, their lawless deeds. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from a trial and to keep the unrighteous under the punishment for the day of judgment. And Ezekiel 16 verses 49 through 50 gives us a little more insight to this. It says, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had arrogance, plenty of food, carefree ease, but she did not help the poor and the needy, so they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I removed them when I saw them. So there's a little bit more going on than just homosexuality. They had excess. They weren't taking care of the poor and the needy. They didn't care. They didn't care. But then there was the sexual morality that was running rampant. They were neglecting and oppressing the poor. In Genesis 18, verses 20 and 21, it says, And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see whether they have done entirely as the outcry which has come to me indicates. If, I, if not, I will know. God already knows what's going to happen. He's sharing this with Abraham. And Abraham's fixing to go through a, uh, uh, an actual conversation with God. And it's going to show Abraham's maturity because he knows him. That Yada, he has that relationship with him. He can actually speak to him. In Psalm 25, verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them known his covenant. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Certainly the Lord, go, Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret plan to his servants and the prophets. So how do we know what's going to happen? You have the word of God. Right? You should know God's will. And through your personal relationship, your Yadah, to know God, you know what direction and area you're supposed to go. You know when something's not right. You don't need anybody to tell you because you know biblically it's not right. When you see a young man taller than me hurt three girls on a basketball court because he's transgender and he has a beard, it's not right. And you're thinking to yourself, where are the fathers at? Why would they let their daughters go out there? But this is what happens is we don't, we don't have that relationship is not strong, meaning that you have God's word written on your heart and you know what God's return. Like the great day of the Lord is coming. You know that these things are going to get worse. And so you should be telling people, Hey, man, it, Jesus is returning. That's why the cities are falling apart. That's why corruption is running wild. That's why sexual morality is going all over the place. The return of Christ is coming. I tell you these things because we don't want you to be uh, confused by the whore of Babylon. Oh, yeah, that's in the book of Revelation. What will happen is the Antichrist... And the whore of Babylon will start twisting Scripture. 
What is evil is now good, and what is good is now evil. Is that happening today? Yeah. Normalizing it. And what's happening is, is now churches are accepting it. And, and so without the Word of God stored on our hearts, we don't know directional things in His will. Like, I know when I'm supposed to, st- when I'm supposed to stand up and say something. Because the Holy Spirit lets me know. And it should be for you too. If you have that yada, you have that, that personal relationship with Jesus, you should know. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, For my, my hand made all these things, so all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But I will look to this one, at one who is humble and contrite in spirit, and who trembles at my word. Amos chapter 8 verses 11 and this is the problem with our Western church. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, but not a famine of bread or thirst of water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. Somebody who's struggling in their relationship can't hear the words of the Lord. They're struggling. They're not in the Word. It's like you've got to listen to it. You've got to get into it however you can get into it. But we need to meditate because if we are friends of God, we are children of God, His Word is what guides us. And so that's why he's able to share this with Abraham. He's able to share this with Abraham. Job chapter 23 verse 12 says, I have not failed the command for, of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. More than my necessary food. Psalm 119.97, how I love your law, it's my meditation all day. These little kids that are in these rooms, no scripture. They're learning it. They're able to quote it. It's being written on their hearts. It should be on ours as well. The other thing that we know through that relationship is, is the Holy Spirit will guide us. We have His Word, but we have the Holy Spirit. We also have prayer. We have, what direction am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to speak to this person about this issue? Ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's all Abraham's going to do here as he starts to negotiate. It's not a negotiation, but it's him interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. It's us praying. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard about it, have not ceased praying for you. And asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. If you need something to pray for your wife and kids, that's it. Don't stop praying for them. Ask them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the knowledge of his will, and to have spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk this world. It's important for us to understand that. That's why this conversation happens. It's because there's a covenant and a and and Abraham has a personal relationship with God. So he can have this conversation with them. And says, I will go down now and see whether they have done entirely as the outcry which has come to me indicates. If not, I will know. Then the man turned away from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. So Abraham's still there, but he's standing near the Lord. Now, it's easy to think that Abraham's only thinking of Lot in this. But his appeal is for the righteous. His appeal is knowing that God will not judge the righteous with the wicked. Hence, the rapture. 
You get that? God doesn't judge the righteous with the wicked. That's why the rapture will happen. Those that are wicked will go through the tribulation. They'll still have an opportunity to come to faith. But the church is not going to be left behind. That's why he appeals to that with God. And Abraham approached him, so he comes near to him, which I love. This is one of the things you're supposed to do when you go to pray. You come near to God. You, you quiet everything down. Sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you're just in the car and you just got to pray. But you're still coming near to him. And he's ready to hear from you. He said, will you indeed, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Right? He's going to intercede. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus? He who died, but rather was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Here we have Abraham interceding, and it will be Jesus that intercedes for you, his children. He's interceding for you today. Whatever you have going on in your life, whatever trial, whatever suffering, he's interceding for you. Go to him in prayer. Draw near to him. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore he also is able to save forever those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's why we tell you you're to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. We are never more like the Lord than when we're interceding for others. Do you intercede for others when somebody's going through a trial? We have that, that WhatsApp and when people need prayer, what do we do? We're interceding. We're, we're going to God and asking the Lord to, to hear us and, and to heal and to do His will in the family's life. Verse 24, suppose there are 50 righteous people. We'll get moving here. 50 righteous people within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Who are in it? Far be it from you uh, to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked. So he's appealing to him again, like you won't kill the righteous with the wicked. So that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it for you shall not, uh, shall not, the, ju shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So he's... he's He's asking a question here. And this is actually the first time in the Bible where someone is conversating, starting the conversation with God. It's Abraham. He's the first one in the Bible to start a conversation with the Lord. And it's intercessory prayer. He's praying for them. He's, he's like, Lord, you, you won't judge the, the righteous and the wicked. He knows his character. Like if you don't understand when you go to him in prayer, if you don't understand why certain things are happening, tell him, I don't get it. Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I need, I, I'm looking for answers. If you think that something's out of control, go to him. If you've had enough or you, you're like, man, I can't take any more of this, confess it. If you're wondering the, the, the million dollar question we always ask, why me? Ask it. But go to him in prayer. Draw near to him. We, we, we are to, this is one of the things I think that probably one of the most neglected things we do in the church besides the word of God is prayer. We just don't take those two things serious and I don't know why. I think the, the reason the Western church is in the condition as we see America in the condition that we're in is because we don't take the word of God in prayer very seriously. Now there are some people, don't get me wrong, that are prayer warriors. And that, that, that are like in the Word of God. 
And, and so we need more of that. We got to get back to that. And, and it's up to us to teach our children the way that Abraham was told to teach, their, teach his children. So the Lord said, if Sodom, if, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I will spare the entire place on their account. This is very important. He didn't say, Lord, can you get Lot out? And then whatever you have to do to those other people, it's fine. Right? Just get my nephew out and his family. No, he's interceding for the city, for Sodom and Gomorrah. Very important to catch that. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am, I am only dust and ashes. Like he's humbly coming to God. Like, look, Lord. And, and you can imagine, he's probably nervous even doing this. He says, Suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the entire city because of the five? So now he's going to 45. And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. And if he spoke to him yet again, and he said, suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry. And I shall speak, suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 20. Then he said, oh, my, oh, may the Lord not be angry. And I shall speak only this once. Suppose 10 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 10. And as soon as he finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed. And Abraham returned to his place. So Abraham is going back and forth. But it's sad to know that where are the righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah? Right? When we think about Noah, he wiped out the whole earth. Except for Noah's family. Noah preached. But nobody listened. But he sounded the alarm like he was supposed to. And here you have Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. And when we get to chapter 19... We're going to deal with some heavy topics. So just be ready for that when we get into it. Because when we see the, the gross sexual morality of chapter 19. And I'm not talking about just the homosexuality part of it. We're talking about the incest part of it. Because it's in there too. So that's why the Bible doesn't shy away from that stuff. But God judges. So when the great day of the Lord is coming, it's going to happen. It's not just... Oh, I thought I would say it just to say it. No, it's going to happen. It's in the inerrant word of God. And I love that because when you, when you think about end times and you think about, you think about, you know, the rapture, God will not leave or destroy the righteous with the wicked. The church will be raptured. Can you imagine some of these cities without, without the church? It's his church. But there, there are remnants in Chicago and in L.A. and in uh, New York City that love Jesus, that are praying for the city. But can you imagine when that's all removed and judgment comes? Because judgment will come. But I love this persistency that we see from Abraham. It just reminds me of Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13, and we'll end there. It says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. For everyone who receives 
and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now which one of the fathers will his son will which now which one of the fathers will his son ask for a fish, and instead of a fish, he will give him a snake? Or he will even ask for an egg, and his father will give him a scorpion. So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It's, it's such an important thing is to remember the intercessory prayer that's happening with Abraham. It seems like a negotiation, but all he's doing is like, Lord, please. And yes, his heart, his, his nephew's there. But his heart was for people. He wanted to keep the unity even when, remember they were doing so well, him and Lot. But then all of the workers started fighting with each other. What did Abraham do? He kept the peace. You go east, you go west, you go north, you go south. Wherever you go, I go the other way. You pick. But what did he pick? He picked Sodom and Gomorrah. Because it did what? It looked good. And that's a reminder for us that, that sin may look good for a, a period, for a time. But eventually, you'll pay the consequences of it. If you sow into it, you, you reap what you sow. You sow into something that's, that's, that's ungodly, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an effect on you. And that's why when we see Sodom and Gomorrah, I, I don't get how people don't think that God... See, I, man, we love the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of love. We love that. But nobody loves the God who's holy, the God who's just, the God who's righteous, the God who will judge. He's going to judge. And so we should be sounding the alarm. There are people marching to hell today. Today. And, and whether they're being indoctrinated through the media, whether they're being indoctrinated through the colleges or the schools, whether they're being indoctrinated by politics, we need to wake up. If it's sin, it's sin. Canada's already, Canada's already allowing. Uh, you want to kill yourself? They'll, they'll, they'll do it for you. They'll euthanize you. They'll go ahead and, you're, you're done with this world? We'll help you go ahead and do that. I mean, we're in a tailspin. And the Christians are, don't want to offend nobody. While we're watching our, 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 our kids, seven years old, thinking they know what gender they are. I can't even get my seven-year-old grandson to hit the toilet. He paints the wall. Do you think he knows any at this point what he, the rest of his life, what he's supposed to be? Goes against God's word. How do you control the population? You mutilate the children so they can't produce kids. And I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's, it's very important that you get this. Very, be very careful and understand who you're voting for. If they claim to be Christian and support the mutilation of children and abortion, I don't think they're very much Christian. It's, it's a facade. We're going to talk about that this weekend. We, we need to live out what we've been called to live out. We're called to teach our children, especially men. Now, we're, I'm past the age. Of, I'm still teaching. I have to teach. My, I got... I got five kids, and I know they can be knuckleheads at times. But I'm still trying to teach them. And now we have grandkids, and we're still trying to teach them. God is not done. If you're in a church, God can use you to sow into those that are younger than you. It's important for us to remember that. Just 
I, I love this scripture because, you know, at the end of the day, I love that he, he taught his kids. He taught them the way of the Lord. And we need to do that. Remember, 15 to 18 months, they can learn about Jesus. Think about that. From 15 to 18 months, they can learn. That's why when Miss Elba's over there saying, we need to teach them how to pray, the toddlers, I mean, the little ones that are just now walking, she's like, we need to teach them. Teach them how to pray. Teach them about God. She's over there reading the books and doing stuff. See, kids' church is not daycare. Kids' church is them learning the Word of God. But is there a famine in your home? Is there a famine in your life? And are you going to sound the alarm? It's important for us to get get to a place where we honestly start sharing the gospel and 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 be truthful about it. It's uh, it's sad to see. I'm, I'm, it it breaks my heart to see Christians that support that sit in churches on Sunday and they support transgender and they support Palestine and they support all these things that go against God's word. And I'm like, what is going on? What's going on with your faith? You're you become a fan. You're in the stadium, you're in the seats, but you're not in the game. You don't have that yada, that intimate relationship with God. We all need that, and that's what we need to be praying for. Let's pray. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 